You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we got our start covering the Chargers over five seasons ago doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you to all of the newcomers to today's show. You picked a great episode, and I know I often say that, but today you get the GOAT Chargers beat reporter. We have Daniel Popper from The Athletic on the show today. And boy, he has something to get off his chest about anyone thinking Justin Herbert has gotten worse in 2021 so far. That's going to be in segment number two today. Also going to talk to him about what coaches have stood out and what's been different under Brandon Staley than, you know, as opposed to Anthony Lynn. To wrap up the show, we're going to talk about some rookies. We'll talk about Rashawn Slater and how he's looked so far and Daniel Popper being fully serious about how excited he was when he saw Rashawn Slater out there for the first time and was posting about it on Twitter. We'll also get into what surprise player so far in training camp that he thinks as of right now will make the roster as an undrafted free agent. So, so much good stuff from Daniel Popper. Make sure you guys wait till the end of the show for that. But we have some great stuff to start the show as well, too, because we got to hear from Michael Davis and Ronaldo Hill, the new defensive coordinator for the Chargers. And they had a lot of great stuff to say. I mean, we'll hear Ronaldo Hill talking about who stood out at SoFi Stadium on Sunday at the Chargers Open Practice. Michael Davis on being the number one corner now going into this year. And also just how the players are coming together to really understand this new defense and how it all works. But let's go ahead and get into it. The Chargers have made all of their players and coaches so available this training camp, and I think we've gotten so much good stuff out of it, even though, you know, there's only necessarily a couple things maybe that are interesting from each one. But it was always nice to hear from guys you don't always get to hear from. So we got to hear from Michael Davis and Ronaldo Hill, the Chargers' new defensive coordinator. And Ronaldo Hill was talking about the development for the team and the defense since the start of camp. And he said he knew it would be a huge change for these guys from the scheme they had been in, but these guys have embraced it from day one. There are a lot of adjustments, especially with the back end guys playing in that shell coverage. There's not a lot of single high safety. That took some time, but those guys were all in. They're starting to find their footing, and you can see that they're starting to get a lot more comfortable back there. And that's great, David, because we know Brandon Staley's defense is very centered on the secondary, creating the two-on-one matchups in the passing game and one-on-ones in the running game. And it is nice to hope, you know, see some of those things start to click on the back end because when that happens, that's when close plays start turning into turnovers. And ab- absolutely right. And the Chargers just need a whole lot more turnovers than they have conjured the last couple of seasons. I mean, you see it because Derwin James is a safety and he's the green dot. He's the signal caller back there. I mean, that's just kind of how he wants his defenses to be ran. And, I mean, of course, who who could argue with Derwin James being the signal caller? I mean, that guy's alpha dog. He's a leader in every room that he steps in and out there on the field. And we know that the other players respect and love and will follow Derwin James. So, I mean, no surprise there. But, yes, I mean, this defense is a lot more complicated than last year's. There's a lot more moving parts. There's a lot more disguise. 
I mean, it's not just one scheme. I mean, they're putting a bunch of different things together. They're trying to stress out the offenses. They're trying to put them in advantageous positions for the defense to get their hands on more footballs. And the Chargers, like I said, they need to do a better job of doing that. And it seems like Brandon Staley and Ronaldo Hill are putting them in positions to do that. Yeah, exactly. And he said, you know, he doesn't want people just to know what the coverage is, but he also wants them to know why they're doing what they're doing. He said, safeties, this is what you do. Corners, this is what you do. But by everyone knowing that, you know where everyone is. You know where you're supposed to be. And if everyone does what they're supposed to do, that's how you become a formidable defense. But he also talked about SoFi Stadium at FanFest. And he was asked about you know what he was kind of looking for. He said some of the players were amped up, especially some of the young guys. But that's kind of where you see which guys are calm in those moments as well. And he said Tavon Campbell stood out to him. We know we've seen him getting some kick return opportunities. Maybe we're sleeping on him a little bit as far as the cornerback group goes, but he was asked specifically about Michael Davis, who is, you know, one of the Chargers' top corners now. And when asked about him, he said he's a guy who continually wants to learn. He's very detailed in everything he does. Secondary coach Derek Ansley, he's giving them those tidbits and he's taking it right to practice. It's showing up immediately. You can see the growth from where he came from as a young guy. I've watched from afar being on different teams, and you can see that he just continues to grow. It shows on the field and he's putting it to work. He's working on all those details, those fine points, and he's making sure that it's executed in practice. And we haven't seen a lot of splashy plays from Michael Davis, but when you're getting these kind of compliments, I think it makes you feel really good about a guy who just got his first big contract in the NFL as an undrafted free agent, which is just absolutely an insane feeling it must be to make that after not originally even getting drafted now getting paid as a top corner it's nice to know that he's still kind of focusing on those little details and still getting taught he's still receiving that teaching well and you know being coachable and trying to take his game to the next level well daniel we haven't seen a lot of development from some of the guys that were on this roster in the last couple of years, but I think Michael Davis is one of the exceptions. I think Michael Davis has shown coming from an undrafted free agent that he is able to grow and he's able to learn and he's able to get better because we've seen it on the field. We've talked a bunch of times about how he was very aggressive, but he never turned his head around to look for the ball and got a lot of pass interference penalties because of that. But he learned how to fix that, Daniel. He started turning his head around. He started getting himself in better positions. And that's not happening any happening anymore. So with Michael Davis, I think some people forget he's only 26 years old. He's got plenty of time to get better. And it seems like he's really starting to understand this defense. And he's really growing with these new coaches. And that is really, really good to see. Yeah, and he was asked if his role has grown this year. What he said was, yes, it's grown. Casey Hayward was the top guy last year at corner. This year, I'm the top man at corner. I'm going to try to prove myself to be a top corner as well. And I think he can. I mean, he has the physical ability to do it. He has a great coaching staff now that he's working with. I fully expect Michael Davis to be the best corner on the Chargers this season. And that might be saying a lot. There's a rookie and Asante Samuel Jr. And you also have Chris Harris Jr. who's put up a lot of really good seasons in this league. I'm expecting Michael Davis to have the best one out of the Chargers corners. He definitely is. I mean, we still have to see it and you want to see somebody prove it, especially after signing a deal like that. And we'll see how he handles the pressure of being that number one corner as he starts getting number one receiving options that he's going up against. So he's going to get tested and we're going to know very early on. But he also talked about Brandon Staley, too, and just said he's a younger coach than most coaches. So he has an energy that you don't get 
from a lot of coaches. And it just is nice to always see kind of how all these different players are reacting to Brandon Staley, right? And he says, you want a head coach who will always be involved in all aspects of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. He is that coach. That's what you want. So check that box for another Chargers player who is really liking Brandon Staley so far as the head coach. And you're not always going to get you're not going to get anyone that's going to come out and say they don't like him, right? But it's just the way they talk about him, the very specific things they say about Brandon Staley. That makes it seem more genuine than just, hey, I'm going to say this so I don't get fined and you know cut from the team. But we do have two more segments to get to because we have a Daniel Popper from The Athletic on the show today. We had a great conversation. Training camp surprises. Justin Herbert looking better than ever, potentially, or are the doubters right that he could be taking a step back? We get into all of that and more coming up right after this. But first thing to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And if you guys aren't usually betting on sports, I understand the hesitation, but this is a great time to do it, guys, because you have MLB going on right now. You have a UFC action on the weekends. And even if it's sports that are on right now that you don't necessarily even like that much, Betting on them makes them that much better. I swear to you, I've watched some very weird sports because I had money on the line. It just makes it that much more exciting and that much more fun to watch. But get off the sidelines and get in on the action. You even have NFL futures you could be betting on right now with the Chargers. Winning the AFC West potentially. Will Justin Herbert win MVP? All that and more at Bet Online. And right now we can even give you guys some free money to play with. If you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, this is the moment you've all been waiting for, the big guest we've been teasing all week, the number one Chargers beat reporter, don't tell Fernando or Gilbert. I said that out at Chargers training camp. We have Daniel Popper joining the show today. He has put out just immaculate notes so far from every day of training camp, and you can only get it if you go to The Athletic where he writes covering for the Chargers. The subscription is worth it, well worth it. I've already gotten it a couple of times. But, Daniel, thank you for all the great work, and thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you doing the legwork there on the on the plugs. That's why I don't have to do them myself. Oh, man. I mean, I know you've helped a lot of people feel like they could be there because not much gets out, right? Like, you see a couple of videos from Chargers social media, but for the most part, I mean, even the practices I went to, it seems like people just can't get enough of hearing just little bits and pieces out of training camp. And you've been there for every practice so far. And I think the biggest thing on my mind when I went was just what was the difference going to be with Brandon Staley, you know, changing from Anthony Lynn in the past. So now that, you know, you've had 11 practices to see, what do you think the biggest differences are? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, I think that the intention of practice is different in the way that they go about things. You know, the, the one place I can point to initially is just special teams, you know, the special teams drills, the special teams periods are just so much more precise. Darius Swinton is bringing a new level of energy, a new level of teaching. um, And just the way they go about those periods, there's just a different vibe in terms of, the drills, the fundamentals that are going on and, and what's being taught out there. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, we don't know right now if that's going to pay dividends. Um, sure. You know, we can talk about all the things that they're doing right, all the things that they're saying right, um, but you really have to wait until the product gets on the field before you can say, okay, these guys are, 
are actually creating momentum and actually doing things that are going to lead to success. But just a couple of things that I can point out, and I've written about these in, in my practice report um, that I published daily, like you were talking about, but ju just little things like where they place the special teams periods in practice. You know, there's intention behind it. They put them in between 11 on 11 drills to try and mimic a game, right? So they'll do a kickoff drill for 10 minutes and then they'll go right into an 11 on 11 period. And then they'll phase a special teams period in between, uh, do a punt period, right? And then they go back to 11 on 11. So just the little details like that, that are really jumping out to me. Another one that I can point to is, you know, they don't have the coaches on the field for any of their 11 on 11 drills. And there's, there's, that's by design, right? They want the players to be solving their own problems on the field. And so these, these little things that sort of stack up and, you know, we talk about winning and losing games in the NFL, the margins are just so small and Chargers fans know that better than anybody considering all of the one score games that this team has played over the last two years. And I've been covering the team and the way you win at the margins is by paying attention to these details and hammering these details home. It's something that Bill Belichick has done his entire career. It's the little things doing them at a high level and doing them precisely and perfectly all the time that lead to wins in the NFL. And I think that with these practices, you can see that there's that intention there from this coaching staff from top to bottom. Yeah. And I mean, attention to detail, miscommunication, all things that have doomed the chargers in the past. But when I was out there, I mean, even just the, you know, changing from one drill to another, going from individual to 11 on 11, everything seems so uniform, so synchronized this year under Brandon Staley. But one of the things you talked about, is just how you always see the guys teaching at their individual position drills, right? So you see the line coaches coaching the line when the special team is working, and everybody always just seems to be teaching someone. Another question I had was just what other coach stood out to you, just because Brandon Staley is the new big guy, obviously, but he brought in an entire new coaching staff. I know Darius Swinton was someone that stood out to me so far, just because one of the things is, you know, breaking down things so people can understand it. When he breaks down special teams, I feel like I could go out there and cover on kickoff, right? So is he probably the most impressive coach or the coach that stood out to you the most besides Brandon Staley? 100%, 100%. Like this guy has had future head coach written all over him. Just his energy, um, the way that he's able to distill information, even to us in the media. Um, he just has that kind of aura about him. And you know, George Stewart is a legendary figure in the league, obviously an amazing human being. And I don't want to say anything negative about him, but there was a reason that the Chargers had the 32nd race special teams every single year, according <laughs> to Football Outsiders. Um, and bringing in a guy who has high level expertise in this area and then the energy um, and teaching ability to back that up and, and implement his schemes and philosophies – I think that that has really jumped out and I feel like this unit is headed in the right direction. Obviously I'm sure we'll get to it. Um, you know, the kicking game with the kicker specifically has right. to get figured out, but you see it everywhere. I mean, and, and, and I'm sure you saw that in my, in my practice report, but just, I mean, even Derek Ainsley, the new um, secondary coach, defensive backs coach, just constantly teaching constantly in guys here, even during individual period, just he's speaking with Nasir Adderley and, and teaching him, okay, this is where you should have been in this specific area. And it's all over the field. It's Jay Rogers, the outside linebackers coach, always having one-on-one -on -one conversations with Joey Bosa about, you know, how can we get you in the best positions? What techniques should be, should you be using in these specific areas? Derek Foster, the running backs coach, you know, I, I put out a video on Twitter the other day, just coaching up 
um, ga- uh, Gabe Neighbors when he was just blocking on the sled. Like that's not something you really saw. Like usually it was Derek Watt, you know, <laughs> coaching up the younger fullbacks sure. on how to block on the sled. Um, and so you know you see you see it all over the field, and 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 you know it starts from Brandon Staley, and and this is the point that I've been trying to make to people is like this guy is a teacher before he's a football coach. His mother was a very respected sixth grade English teacher in Perry, Ohio. And she passed away from breast cancer um, when Brandon was, was younger and in, in, in college. And, um, you know, he models himself after her and how she taught. And so he wants teachers when he was making this staff, he wanted guys that were teachers above everything else. And you're seeing it all over the field. And like, there's all these football cliches, right? Like mm-hmm. football coaches love to use cliches, football guyisms, right? But look up Dan idea, Campbell. <laughs> right, right, right. But some of them are like some things are cliche for a reason. Sure. And the whole idea of stacking days, like that actually matters. Mm-hmm. You know, like not letting any second on the practice field go to waste, stacking those seconds that turn into minutes, that turn into hours, that turn into days, that turn into weeks. That's how you build a successful culture. That's how you build a winner. And you're seeing it like these guys love to teach football. And that's important because you stack that all together over the course of six months and you look back and, and you say, okay, this is why we are a 10, 11 win team. I'm not going to I'm saying that's going to happen. Sure. But if that does end up happening. It started here you know, at Jack Arhanna complex with these guys teaching all over the field. When it's a completely different team too. So you don't know what it's going to look like once it get out there, but you're seeing all the right things. And I think for a lot of Charger fans, different is already better, right? Give me something completely different than what we had. They're getting that right now. But with Darius Winton, you hear him talk and you just wonder how this dude has bounced around the league so much, right? I mean, that's pretty surprising. But, hey, Daniel Popper brought up the kickers. I didn't bring it up, even though you guys know I, I love to talk about it. But, obviously, uh, not an inspiring performance at SoFi on Sunday. I was out there. Saw all of them kick. I mean, Alex Kessman at the end, really some chip shots even. I totally felt for the dude. I was standing, you know, 40 feet away from him. just like, oh, you know, because you know how big of an opportunity it is. But do you think the Chargers should be concerned at this point with the kicking situation? Do you think they should be at least, you know, entertaining the thought of bringing someone in? Or is it like, we still have three preseason games to go. We're going to see these guys kick a ton more times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's wait for these guys to kick in the game and see how they perform. But in terms of leader in the clubhouse, like I'm pretty confident that Tristan Vizcaino is going to win this battle. Okay. Um, I, I, heading into camp, I felt like that was going to be the case just because Darius Swinton personally scouted him. Like they went out and got Tristan Vizcaino because Darius Swinton saw him on tape when he was kicking for the 49ers and Robbie Gold was out because he's on the COVID list. Yep. And so when you have a, a new special teams coordinator who handpicks a kicker to battle against the incumbent who has struggled mightily on kicks over 45 yards, like that should tell you something. And then when you watch these guys kick, like Tristan Vizcaino has a much, much, much stronger leg than Michael Badgley. And that matters. And Michael Badgley is nearly perfect inside 45 yards. But in the NFL today, it's not 1985. Like you need to be able to hit field goals consistently from the 45 to 50 yard range. I know I said this on Compass on the B with with Dylan Fernando. And you just can't trust Michael Badgley, Badgley in that range. And he hasn't shown me anything in this training camp that leads me to believe that he's turning a corner in that area. Um, and so I think Tristan Vizcaino has the, has the leg up right now, but no pun intended, but you know, let's wait and see, let's wait and see. Let's, let's see these guys kicking a game. I know Badgley and Vizcaino are both going to get a shot to kick in the preseason. We'll see about Alex Kessman. Um, right now it feels like a two man competition. Um, you know, 
Badger's the incumbent and he's being treated as such. But when when the dust settles and this 53-man roster is made, like I'm fully expecting Tristan Vizcaino to be the Chargers kicker this season. And I think it's the little things you hear in the press conferences. Like how many times have we heard Brandon Staley and Darius Swinton talk about how kickoffs are important too. And they don't have a kicker in Michael Badgley who has a great touchback percentage, right? Obviously, if you have a phenomenally accurate leg, you'll make those concessions. Uh, but that hasn't been the case so far. So one thing that it seems to be freaking out a lot of Chargers fans is the reports about Justin Herbert. And I mean, I've gone to a few training camps already. I'm trying to figure out if it's a straw man. I mean, but at the same time, like, I've gone to practices where he's thrown a couple interceptions. So, I mean, I guess, like, I could understand. It's like, oh, oh my God, this guy threw two interceptions in practice. Like, he shouldn't be doing that. Already. Wait, wait, before, before we get it, where did this come from? I don't like, know. I'm, yo, I am writing about this every single day. Like, if yeah. you're reading my training camp reports, you know exactly how Herbert's performing because I pretty much have every single notable play in the training camp reports. So I would like, as someone, you're on Chargers Twitter, like you're sure. in the weeds here. Where where did this come from? I'm, I'm honestly perplexed by it. I don't know necessarily, but I'm not really even that interested in that conversation because it is training camp. And I'll never forget Patrick Mahomes in training camp and hearing every report about how absolutely terrible he was. Five interceptions in the first week, all of that stuff. And then he comes out, wins an MVP, then goes, wins the Super Bowl. You know how the story goes, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I've seen people, it's like almost like a whisper at this point, like, is Justin Herbert not as good as we thought he was? I don't know. Should we freak out about it? Probably. No, <laughs> no. He is the same Justin Herbert that he was last year. And frankly, I think he's better from good. what I've seen. Like last year, early on, like Justin Herbert was all fastball. Like he was just firing balls all over the field. This year, and we saw it towards the end of last year with some of those um, like late game passes. I remember against the Falcons, he made, had a great touch throw to Tyron Johnson that set up yep. that game winner. But the touch on his balls this year are is so much more improved, and it, you can you can sense that he is learning when to throw the fastball and then when to throw the changeup. Right when yep. he needs to put some touch on passes, he had a throw today um, on the sideline, a deep over to Jason Moore. That was like you know. It was shades of Philip Rivers because Philip was incredible at the touch. Oh, yeah. Like that's, you know, the accuracy. He had to the be. The anticipation, right, because he didn't have the arm strength. There was a throw that Justin Herbert made today, and I wrote about it in my training camp report. I mean, he layered this ball right over a leaping Alohi Gilman, and it fit it right into a window. Um, in, in a two-minute drill um, on Saturday, he threw a ball into triple coverage to Jared Cook. He dropped it in a bucket. Cook dropped the ball because he wasn't expecting it. But I, I'm seeing I'm seeing accuracy. I'm seeing anticipation. I'm seeing him comfortable in the offense. I'm seeing a connection with Keenan Allen. I'm seeing a connection with Mike Williams. I'm seeing a connection with Jared Cook. He looks the part. He is no – all of this hoopla about Justin Herbert <laughs> taking a step back is frankly complete BS. I don't know where it started, where it came from, but I have watched every single play of training camp, and this guy is setting himself up for an outstanding – second season in the NFL. So let's put all of that to bed, right? Now. Yes, I love that. I love to put that to bed. I mean, he looked great when I saw him. Obviously, I haven't been out there all the time, but I think it is kind of a scorn charger fan, a curse charger fan kind of thing to do too, because it's kind of like, yeah. can we really have something that nice or is it all just going to blow up in our faces? <laughs> yeah. Like there is a little bit of that, I think, to it. But either way, like it's too soon to tell anyways, but I think people just want to know that he's not looking totally terrible on the new offense and everything is still going according to plan because when you drop a young 
franchise superstar quarterback into the lap of a new coaching staff. I understand where the concern comes from, but that has been put to bed now. Justin Herbert's looking great, but we have more to talk about. We haven't talked about the rookies at all yet, and this is what training camp is so great for, seeing these guys out on the field for the first time. So after this, we'll be getting into Rashawn Slater and a piece Daniel Popper wrote about him, Asante Samuel Jr., and maybe some training camp surprises if we have time to wrap up the show. But we're going to get into that coming up right after this. All right, well, before I get back to Daniel Popper, first I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar in the world. And, of course, I'm talking about Built Bars. Right now, Built Bar has nine different flavors to choose from. So that's one thing that sets them apart from other protein bars. But the biggest thing is is they taste better than all of the rest of the protein bars. And you have a ton of delicious flavors to choose from. Mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, coconut, coconut almond, so many great flavors, and you can buy a mixed box so you can keep switching it up, get the variety that you need so it never becomes stale, and they're all going to fit on your diet as well. I mean, they're good for pretty much any diet. About 17 grams of protein, only about 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. You're not going to get much better than that, especially when you're eating something that tastes like a candy bar. But we can even save you guys some money on Built Bar right now because if you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, back here with Daniel Popper from The Athletic, who does a great job covering the Chargers. You can find literally everything going on at practice on The Athletic. 11 days worth of articles to look at. Feel really plugged into what's going on. But you can follow him on Twitter, which I'm sure you do already, at Daniel R. Popper. Let's get back into it here, Pop, because one of the things – that when I saw you say it, it kind of made me freak out on the inside was you talking about Rashawn Slater. And I think there was a little bit of a tongue in cheek thing going on there. Just about like Rashawn Slater is the best player of all time. You know what I mean? Like just, he looked so good. So no, fast. he actually, I'm, no, that was, that it was, was all real serious. No, that was not, I know I'm very sarcastic on Twitter, but that was actually a tweet that was not sarcastic at all. <laughs> like he actually looked that good. That's great because like I'm kind of the same where I can't really say nice things to people because I'm so sarcastic that it always seems like <laughs> I'm being an asshole. But yeah. either way, I mean, you wrote a great profile on Rashawn Slater. and I'm not going to give any of that away. Go subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. I don't know what you're doing, but I've seen him and he's looked great every time. Like yeah. I'm looking for him to almost lose some of these just to be like, OK, that's normal. And it makes the good just look that much better. But when I saw him at SoFi, I mean, when I saw him that first day in training camps, that was actually an illegal day at training camp, and he won all those one-on-ones with Fakron and Wosu and Joey Bosa. I mean, it all looked great. What has impressed you so far about the guy who's coming in to be the savior for the Chargers at left tackle? Yeah, so I, a couple things. First off, you know, after he was drafted and just doing the research and then writing that profile and everything, like you hear that he has exceptionally polished technique for a player that young and who really, you know, obviously has not played in the NFL. Um, and hasn't started, played in a full season in the last year in college either. Exactly. Hasn't played since 2019. So, you, you know, you hear those things, you know, okay, I'd, I'd like to see it. What he's done in the field has backed that up. Um, you know, he's going up against Joey Bosa and he's going to lose a bunch of reps against Joey <laughs> Bosa because it's Joey freaking Bosa. But the fact that he's at this stage of his career winning one-on-ones against Joey Bosa, winning reps against Joey Bosa in 11-11 with pads on, like that is significant to me. Um, and I think that the polish technique has jumped out. Um, this guy is strong. He is a legitimate NFL left tackle. And I don't want to put the expect- expectations too high on him, but the Chargers have been searching for this young cornerstone left tackle 
franchise left tackle for a long, long time. And it seems to me like they found him. Um, so that's, you know, from a pass protection standpoint, that's what's jumped out. But this guy can move. Like he is an exceptional athlete, an outstanding athlete. And you're seeing it on some of these outside zone runs with Eckler where, where um, Slater is getting to the edge, setting the edge and his, his footwork, his athleticism, his movement skills at his size are pretty eye-opening. So I think they got a steal at 13. I don't think that Chargers fans have to worry about Rashawn Slater at all. Like I think he's going to be um, at minimum an above average left tackle this season and he's only going to improve from here. Uh, I just feel Chargers fans getting warm inside across the country. That was a huge, that was a huge, huge sigh of relief from you right there. A literal sigh of relief. An actual literal sigh of relief. Andy, I mean, we all, we're all looking for that validation too. Like is what I'm watching actually real? I really hope it was, but the other rookie that you would think the Chargers should try to get on the field as soon as possible. Even if he's not the starter coming out of camp is Asante Samuel Jr. And, yeah, you wrote the the best thing on Twitter just about him tapping Chris Harris Jr. on the shoulder during one on ones. He wanted to take on Keenan Allen one on one in practice and just really challenge himself. Obviously, there's going to be a you know rookie learning curve for him. Yeah. I expect him to struggle early on, but having those big bounce back plays like you've talked about in your articles at the Athletic, which you subscribe to, is also great too. And I mean, you love the feistiness, you love the attitude, the physicality seems to be there. What have been your first impressions of Asante Samuel Jr.? Yeah, I, so, I mean, the skill set is legitimate, right? Like, he has coverage skills. He has that physicality. The ball skills jump out to you. He had a bunch of pass breakups in that one-on-one yep. period that I told you about. But, you know, you have to have a certain mentality as a young corner in the NFL, right? Like, you cannot wilt away from competition. Um, you cannot wilt away after – uh, a negative play. And I think that that's really what's jumped out to me is that he seeks out that competition and he has rebounded when he has negative plays. Like he got burnt really badly on that long Jalen Guyton pass. Oh, yeah. There. You saw, yeah. Double Fell down. He, got, he got beat. Like he just got straight up beat, but that doesn't mean he's a bad player. The significant thing to me there is that he came back on that same series and had a really good coverage play. Um, you know, later on, yeah. not, not long after he had that pretty big gap, right? So I think those that's significant to have that mentality, that ability to bounce back. That's really important for a young corner. Now, is he going to be manning that outside corner spot in week one in nickel packages? We'll see. You know, Brandon Faison was getting those reps. He's been out for the last four practices for personal reasons, and he's dealing with some stuff back home. Um, I, he was trending towards taking that spot, um, but it's been Asante Samuel – as of late with, with Brandon facing out, that was a real competition. We'll see when Brandon facing ends up coming back. Um, but if they can get consistent play from Asante Samuel opposite Michael Davis, like that would be enormous for this secondary. Um, but I, you know, the mentality, if we're talking about things like the, the one thing that's jumped out about Asante Samuel Jr. It's just the mentality. And, and Nasir Adderley said it best. He's, he's like, he's got that dog in him, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you want that mentality from your young corners and he has that and he's going to have negative plays. They're going to keep happening in training camp and they're probably going to keep happening in the season, but it's how you respond as a corner in the NFL, especially a young corner. And it seems like early on that he's going to have the type of response that you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been a couple like click and closes him getting really close to some big plays. And I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of that and you're going to see some flags. Probably you're probably going to see 
him get beat a few times. But yeah, I mean, he also had that touchdown. Mike Williams scored at SoFi. Then he came back in the red zone the other side of the field and locked up Keenan Allen one-on-one and forced Justin Herbert to throw up over both of their heads. So right, I thought exactly. that was, yeah, it was really encouraging to see from him. And you just, I just love the way he plays. I mean, if you just watch the guy, he's going to be a fun player to watch, even if he could frustrate you early on. But we have gone a little bit long. I do want to ask this one thing real quick, because every year at training camp, it seems like there's somebody that just totally comes out of nowhere that no one expected to do anything. And now he's, you know, fighting potentially for a roster spot. So now that we're 11 practices in, who is the one guy or any players that you can think of that you didn't really expect anything from that have kind of overcome those expectations? Eamon Ogbong Bamiga. Our boy Bong. Oh, yes. Go on. <laughs> yes. This is th- this guy is flashing straight up. Like, and I I have a sort of a rolling 53-man roster projection that I'm working on, not my official one that'll come out uh, later this month um, before cutdown day. But Right now, he's on my 53-man. Um, we'll we'll uh, nugget there for your podcast. Um, <laughs> he and and you know he's making plays, but the, the the one thing that's jumped out about him is that the coaching staff really trusts him. There was he was they were in dime package in the two-minute drill on Saturday, and he was the only linebacker on the field. Yep. Kenneth Murray healthy, Kaiser White healthy, Drew Tranquil healthy, and the one linebacker that they had on the field was Eamon Ogbong Domiga. So that tells you a lot. He looks like he's going to be a key contributor on special teams. He's gaining the trust of the coaching staff, playing with the ones on defense. And the one, the one word that a lot of people keep throwing out is that he just he's calm in those situations. Like when you're when you're looking at young players in training camp, you're like, okay, do they look like they belong? Like is the is the moment too big for them? Do they look like they're running around with their like a chicken with their head cut off, or do they look like they're confident and comfortable in the situation? He looks confident and comfortable when working against the first team offense and with the first team defense. So right now he's trending up. I'd say his stock is, is further up than anyone else on the roster. And, and he's pushing for that 53 man spot. And right now I have him in. We'll see what happens when I put out my final prediction later this month, make sure you're subscribed for that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's the one guy I would throw out for that question. Absolutely. That's great. I mean, I know a lot of people have been throwing out Austin Pro, and I think a lot of that has to do with just because he might be clearly the best, you know, return man so far at training. He's made plays. He's made plays on offense, too. Like, he's jumped out yeah. to me. He, good route runner, um, strong hands. He's got some athleticism, short area quickness. Um, so he's jumped out to me. I just, like, I go through these receivers, and I'm like, how do you find a spot? So, for oh, my guy? God. You know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you find a spot. Like, I don't know if he brings more to the table than KJ Hill. Um, and and I think KJ would be my sixth receiver if they do keep six. Um, Jason Moore is making a ton of plays. So I, I think know. like there's there's that group of five, right? Yeah. You know, Keenan, Mike, Josh Palmer, Guyton, and and T Billy. And then I think it's KJ and Moore after those five. Right. Um, but I think Austin Pro would be eight. Like, I think Austin Pro has made a lot more plays and looked like a better receiver than Joe Reed so far in camp. Well, and it just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to have both KJ Hill and Austin Pro if you're going to go that route. So it seems like they could be kind of fighting for the same spot. But hey, if Ogbong Bamiga makes the team, what does that mean for Nick Neiman? Well, guess what, guys? You're going to have to wait and find out from Daniel Popper. Go subscribe to The Athletic. I can't believe I'm saying it again. It's so annoying if you don't already. Just go do it. I mean, it's so worth it. 
Either way, thank you, Daniel Popper, so much. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Daniel R. Popper, putting out literally notes every single day about training camp, writing articles every single day about training camp. You definitely earned that vacation. You came back strong from it, man. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to get you on again before the season as camp starts dwindling down. I mean, really, really appreciate all the notes. Anytime, man. Thanks a lot. All right, well, that's going to do it for today's show. (laughs) Popper just killed it again. I'm so excited that you guys got to hear that conversation. I mean, that was just a great football conversation to have, and can't wait to have Daniel Popper back on the show again to give us all the rest of the insights he gets through the rest of training camp and preseason and everything. But that is going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow, but until then, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Odyssey, Spotify, the new Odyssey app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever. And if you can, on your platform, make sure to rate and review if you like the show too, just so we can keep it going. But all the subscriptions matter. All of the follows matter. So make sure you guys follow wherever you get the show from. If you guys want to make sure you don't miss a show, you can also follow us on social media. I'm at Dan Talk Sports on Twitter. David is at DrotalkSD, and the show's page is at LockedOnLAC. Had a lot of good interaction with you guys on there lately. I love that. Want to keep that going, and we post all of the shows there, as well as our Instagram page at Locked On Chargers, and also our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But after that Jerry O'Connell interview yesterday, I want to get into some more voicemails too. If you guys want to call into the voicemail line, because that Jerry O'Connell voicemail yesterday, I definitely want to get back into some voicemails soon. You guys can do that by calling into 323 323- 524-7924. So we're going to try to get into that soon. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with the latest going on with the Chargers and training camp. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.